Welcome to Sexology, a podcast that untangles the science of sex and pleasure. And now, with this week's episode, your host, clinical psychologist, Dr. Nazanin Moali. Hello and welcome back to episode 281 of Sexology Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Nazanin Moali. And as always, I'm absolutely thrilled that you're tuning in to our show today. In this episode, I'm going to talk about sexual bucket lists. You guys know me and you know how much I love talking about novelty and bringing novelty and freshness into long-term relationship. Because it's really easy to do the same thing that you've been doing over and over with your partner. And that will lead you to have dissatisfying, boring sexual experiences. It is my experience, personal experience and professional experience, that in order for you to be able to keep sexual spark alive, you need to add some element of adventure to your relationship. On that note, I recently contributed to this audio well-being app, which is specialized in female pleasure and sexual wellness. And they asked me to teach a collection and series on sexual novelty. And I have another series inside that app that comes up and talking about creating a satisfying sexual health plan for for you and your partner. If you want to check out that app, you can go to the link in show notes. I love their app because when they approach me, I get approached with lots of apps and not all of the sexual apps are created equal. But what I loved about their app is that they they feature many of my colleagues that I actually interviewed here. The content is great. And if you use the link in the show notes, you're going to get 14 days free trial. If you kind of Google them, if you're looking for checking out the app, you can do that, but you're only going to get seven days trial. But since I have two collections, you want to make sure that at least you have 14 days so you can listen to the both collection. Let me know what you think. I like how it turned out. Again, bringing excitement and novelty is my jam. And I'm so grateful that they gave me the platform to teach what I teach my clients. Also, today in our episode, Leila London and I, we're going to talk about how you can create your bucket list. We're going to talk about some of the common items that people put on their bucket list. We're going to talk about how to negotiate when you want to try something new and your partner might not be super enthusiastic about it. We're going to talk about our own bucket lists. So you want to make sure that you have a pen and paper ready. So if you get inspired, you, you want to add things to your bucket list, you can certainly borrow items from our list. As I mentioned, my guest is Leila London. Here is her bio. Who is Leila London? Well, that's something I'm still figuring out, and I hope this experience gets me closer to an answer. I'm a woman in her 40s who just recently decided to explore her sexuality. After a 3.5-year self-exposed dry spell, I woke up one day and said, what the heck am I doing to myself? Why have I just shut off that side of my sexuality? I need physical contact badly. 
I decided to stop wasting the pretty and get out there. She created this podcast based on her own experiences, and she's been podcasting and blogging anonymously. You can find the link to her podcast in our bio. Without further ado, here's my conversation with Leila London. Hello and welcome to another episode of Sexology Podcast. I am so excited to welcome Leila London to our show. Leila, welcome to our show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. You no, know, I was just sharing with you that bucket list, novelty, these things are my jam. I love talking about these things. I'm a thrill seeker person and I love to create bucket lists inside and outside the bedroom. So I was so thrilled that that was a topic that you wanted to talk about. Yeah, this is really kind of what launched the whole Curious Girl Diaries podcast and my whole, I call it my, I call it my sexual road trip, you know, where I came out of three and a half years of celibacy, self-imposed. It wasn't really on purpose, just kind of happened. And, um, and then, uh, you know, that was what really motivated me and gave me direction to kind of move me out of it. And I just had so much fun that first year that it stuck. And uh, here I am six years later. You know, I, I, I heard about your podcast and then I read a bit, little bit read about you and I thought it was fantastic that your journey. So tell us a little bit about how did you arrive to the place of creating this podcast? And specifically, I want to hear about the celibacy part <laughs> because that requires lots of discipline. Well, yes. You know, I mean, one would think it, I almost feel like it happened, you know, things don't happen in a vacuum, but it felt like it did. I, I just literally was so focused on business and work and what I was doing. And that just became, that was kind of like my lover, you know, that was my porn. That was what I got my excitement out of. And the thing I wanted to sit at my desk, you know, late at night and stare at was work and not very, not very healthy, but I just, I got a lot of, you know, sense of self and was doing very well and just, just enjoyed it and kind of got to the point where. I just felt like if, if someone asked me out or they wanted to date me or they wanted to go do something, I was always saying no, because I just felt like that would take time away from work. Any kind of, any kind of personal, emotional, you know, guys in my life, they just kind of got, they got the, the shit can there for a while. I didn't, I wasn't interested. And so then finally one day I just literally almost woke up from a fog, you know, and went, oh my gosh, what the heck am I doing? This is crazy. I can't, I'm wasting the pretty, like I need to get out there and make this happen. And so I just kind of attacked it the same way I would any business project where I was like, I need a plan. I got to work my plan. I need my action steps. What's, you know, I need something to focus on to make this fun and exciting. And I just came up with this idea that I was going to give myself a year. I was going to put together a sex bucket list and give myself a year to explore all these things. And then, you know, and I was going to document it through a podcast. And then once I was done, I was just going to kind of like close the door on that. That wasn't that fun and go back to my vanilla life, I guess, as I knew it. Yeah. And obviously going back to the vanilla life didn't happen because it forever has changed me that first year experience, but here I am still, still, still doing a bucket list every year. Like you would set goals for other areas in your life. I'm like, why, why are we overlooking our sex life? So I'm committed to it being a priority. But Leila, you're speaking my love language. 
I'm speaking your love language actions to, or what is it? Action. Uh, I don't know. service. No, but like, I think like, and they can see all of it, right? Like could be a gift that you're giving yourself, but I think novelty is, is how I, I want to go through life. The excitement, yeah. I think it's just some part that people are not, they say that's something that at times people are not paying attention to, and that can create excitement in your day. And you don't need this kind of, even especially for couples as well, that you don't need this to have this crazy plan of doing things to make things exciting. It could be minor changes that you can do to the activities that you're already doing. And that's going to make it significantly better if you are, you have a plan and you implement it. But I want to go back to that three years. So are we defining celibacy, no masturbation or and partner sex or just no partner sex? Just no partners. I mean, I'm sure I was masturbating, but probably not as much as, you know, I do now really kind of that. So it was almost like that side of myself just kind of got turned off. Like my, I just sort of forgot about that. I'm a sexual being that it's important that I need it, that physical touch, the connectivity, the you know, all the, and then of course the orgasms, all the fun stuff that comes along with having a healthy sex life. And I just kind of turned that side of myself off. And, and so I was, I I know I was masturbating, but not very often, you know, it just, it's kind of like when you get out of shape or you don't exercise, you just sort of stop doing those things. And you can, you can just as easily kind of start forming a bad habit as you can a good habit. You know, it's going to take work to not do it. And it takes work to do it. And it's my personal experience working with my clients is that the more special women, they experience pleasure, they have more orgasms, you want more of them. So when you start exploring yeah. these novelties, different experiences, it opens up so many doors for you that can make things exciting. And I'm sure that the more you went on this journey, it becomes more, became more interesting. Oh, absolutely. It, I mean, sexy thoughts and sexiness and sex begets sexy thoughts and sexiness and sex. I mean, it just, it feeds on itself. So once I started getting back into that, making it a priority, you know, making my sex bucket list, meeting guys, having these adventures, flirting, you know, taking, reminding myself, even just, you know, I I recommend to women, like take a picture of yourself naked, find a, you know, find a way to see yourself sexually again and, and get excited about it. And so, you know, I really kind of revamped my whole thoughts, you know, on how I saw myself and then, you know, how, then that translates into how you feel about yourself. And when you do start having these, you know, you're knocking things off your bucket list and you're having the, this exciting sex, you know, with good, great partners and that connection, it just, you want, it, it opens more doors. The minute you start, that's why every year I have a new bucket list. Like there's no shortage of new things I discover and one door will open 10 and it just, it builds on itself. So it's, it's fun. I've definitely had a lot of fun with it. And I feel that the more you are in this realm of sexual health, you you'll become aware of more of great opportunities to add things to your list. So I, I cannot wait to hear what you have on your list and what you're recommending. But before we're going there, let's define how do you define bucket list? What, how do you define your sexual bucket list? Well, the term bucket list is just kind of a cute little term that, you know, you, you hear. It's just, these are the things, the priorities, the sexual things that I want to try, that I'm committed to being open-minded about. 
and just, you know, seeing where, where it goes, where it takes me, you know, initially I wanted to try, I wanted to try going to a sex club or, you know, some sex parties. I wanted to try BDSM. And so I, I had, and I had several things, you know, on the list. Some of them were for just a little more, you know, like voyeurism or, you know, uh, kind of moving. Uh, there was, there was a lot of vanilla stuff, I guess, in, initially on that first list, threesomes, you know, a lot of the standard stuff. I, and I don't want to label it that way, but I'm just saying like, that really was, that was what it was appealing to me, you know? And so I, as I got into that stuff and then I would experience something, sometimes I would, I would experience something and it would be like, okay, that original thing that drew me to this. And I thought was really a turn on really, really isn't for me, but this other thing that happened during that encounter was like, whoa, knock my socks off. So I got the chance to, that would make me kind of shift gears and go, okay, now that's on the list, you know, and I scratched something off like, Hey, you know, I tried it. It wasn't for me, but this is, so it just opens up a lot of possibilities. Well, tell us about the first list that you created. I'm thinking about many of our listeners. They are curious to learn more, but this is now their round. So where did you I get the idea of, okay, what I'm going to put on my list? Yeah. So what I did was. I went to pretty much YouPorn and Pornhub because they're, they are great at data. And so you can, a couple things you can do. They have a site that's just specifically devoted to data, the most popular searches, key phrases, all that. And they publish that all the time. And really that's how they do their marketing because they can't, they're so limited on how they can, you know, how can you mainstream porn? Well, you can mainstream it by putting the data out there and then that's interesting to people. So I was just like going through there and then I would just go to their website and I would type in, so I kind of had some keywords in mind. And when you start typing them in, you know, below it, as you do, you know, you'll see like it starts trying to match up different searches. So it'll give you like additional ideas. And then I just wrote down anything that I thought was interesting. I already knew some of the stuff that I found erotic and exciting, but then I, I would, I would write it all down and I just had kind of like a big long list. And then I started getting a little more into it by actually viewing some of this stuff. Like, well, let me see, you know, and then, and then you watch it and you go, okay, that was really hot. Like I could really see myself. That would, that would be amazing. You know, if I could have that experience or have it like that. And so then I just kind of really narrowed it down to, you know, like my first five, five things. And then I needed, you know, after I did that, then I needed, I was single. So I needed very quickly to find guys that wanted to join me on this, this year long adventure. And there's not a shortage, believe it or not, there's I'm no sure. shortage of guys that want to... <laughs> So ladies have it easy, which is nice. I, I love that. And I'm sure guys would too. You know, I think the, the fun part was that when I would meet someone, I would explain to them what I was doing. You know, like I'm doing this social experiment on myself and these are my goals. And this is what's on my list. Does any of this interest you? And so, you know, then then yeah, you know, gotta be like, oh yeah, I, I've always wanted to try that too. Let's try that together. And it just made everything very fun and playful. And it's a great, you know, icebreaker because some people aren't good at meeting, you know, first meetings and it always seems so serious. The nice thing was, you know, you just took the pressure off of it, having to be something more than just, Hey, is there some physical chemistry here? Okay. 
let's have an adventure and see what happens. Yeah. And, and a lot did happen. Amazing. And I'm sure that every single guy that heard it, they was like, sign me up. <laughs> Who doesn't want that? Like adventure, beautiful woman, bucket list, all the kind of like right things in one sentence. Yep. No, I know. I mean, there was nothing in that sentence that was like, not, in, you know, that didn't intrigue a, a, a good old fashioned red blooded American male. <laughs> and so, yeah. And, that, and the key then too, was finding for some of the things, you know, finding someone that actually had like a background in that so that they could kind of lead me through it. And, and I just got to meet some amazing guys, which produced some incredible relationships that lasted, you know, for quite a while. And some of them are ongoing. I mean, it's just been, it's been so much fun. And it's been like such a gift that I gave myself. And then I also continue to give myself and prioritize. And I think for women, especially, it's just super important because we have all these hangups around sex and our sexuality and it has to be hush hush and, oh, I don't know. And, you know, and, and it's just like, Hey, really like, take, take charge and just go for what you want and have a good time with it. And, and even if you want to say, this is only going to be for a finite amount of time, and then I'll go back to my vanilla life. I'll go back to being the good girl that I was or whatever, however, whatever, however you finish that sentence, you know, you can do that too, but the experience is definitely worth it. I love that you mentioned that about Pornhub. Many people, they don't know. They don't, they even have an education. I'm sure you know that, but they have an education section. I write for them and I record video, educational video for Pornhub. And I always think about, oh God, I hope that when people Google it, <laughs> because I have a license, I'm a licensed clinician. They, they know it's educational stuff, but it, the kind of amount of reach there is significant. And I think oh. that's wonderful because you are able to provide education to broad number of like lots of people. And I'm sure that that's at this point, something that you are also doing through your podcast. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I, I, again, I, you know, I know that sometimes there's this, we have this, there's a stigma around porn. I mean, right. And so, but I think if you, if you understand how to use it in a way that's healthy and positive and fun, and, you know, it's also something that can be fun to do with your partner, you know, to watch this stuff. It's also a way that people can help open their lines of communication about, what they would like and what they think, you know, if they're going to try to do a bucket list as a couple, you know, to like watch some stuff and kind of get the creative juices flowing. And, and, and it's just a great way to say, Oh, you know, I like the way he touched her. Or, what did you think about that? Or I've always wanted to do that. You know, that, that's kind of hot, just opens the doors and allows you to have dialogue about this stuff. And really that communication components really important. I love that you started with kind of like curiosity, right? Like we're kind of thinking about what's out there because I mm -hmm. think people say at times that, you know, I'm not into sex and I know there are part of population that are asexual, but many people, especially in long-term relationship, I know that they're bored, the kind of experiences that they're having. So having some ideas about kind of curiosity, let me see what's out there is really, really helpful. One easy place of getting ideas is from porn. And I'm with you. I don't think there's anything wrong with ethical porn, but it's just not sex education. It's like a fantasy, the right. same way that like rom-com is not a romance, uh, like not a right. representation of romance. I was just going to say, I'm shaking my head saying, exactly. Yes, it's, that's the key thing. Definitely. I'm with you on that to emphasize is that 
this is a performance that, you know, these actors have put together for you to entertain you, create, you know, a certain response, just like, like you said, like a rom-com, there's a, there's a goal in mind there. It's not meant to be, you know, especially when you watch these women having all these crazy orgasms and thinking that's normal. And if you're not having them, it's not normal. You know, you have to, you have to understand it's a performance. And I just had a porn star on my, a retired porn star on my show. And he did it for 20 years. And he, he was so great about pointing that out. It's like, it, we're really creating, we're just, it's a performance for, you know, an audience. And Are you talking not, about Eric? Yeah. Oh, I love Eric. He was on our you? show last week too. It's just like wealth of great information. It's so open. I know. I know. Yeah. He's, he's done, we've, we've done two out of three recordings because we, I wanted to do like a series because there's just so much there to mm-hmm. uncover with him. But yeah, I really love his take and, what he brings and puts out there because I feel like people need to know that, you know, cause I do feel like we're at this point where porn does, it's getting this bad name. And I know a lot of women are complaining. Well, I think the, you know, that the guys are watching too much porn and that's why they're bad in bed. Like that's why they're not doing what I want them to do. And I would task women with saying, well, are you communicating with him? You know, does he, does this person know what you want? And again, a bucket list is a real kind of non-threatening way, you know, to, to, to have fun and make it playful and not have any, you know, not really put pressure on somebody, but, but also it's very empowering as a woman when you're taking control of your sexuality and not just going, Oh, I hope this guy knows what to do. He may not, but hopefully, you know, you should, cause you can show him. And I, I think it's a wonderful idea of starting with yourself and the kind of like curiosity. Tell people like, think about when you're creating the list, everything that you heard of, and you can do some Googling online and kind of look at different lists and see what, what you are curious to learn more about. Then I recommend people to take it for a ride for fantasy, like whether if they're into watching porn or they're listening to audio or like they're just using their imagination, that's a good step. What tips and tricks you have for couples? Do you recommend us to bring this to the bedroom with our partner or that can be only a thing for for one person? I want to hear your thoughts on that. No, I, no. I mean, I have couples, you know, people that listen to podcasts. I, I get feedback, you know, people will tell me, oh, you know, I loved your bucket list idea. You know, we put one together and, you know, we're now we're get like these lovely letters that say, you know, now I'm finally, thanks to your show, you know, I'm having the sex life that I always wanted and my partner's excited and I'm excited. You know, when you come together with a common goal, you know, and you're, there's something about building something uh, together, especially, you know, when you're a couple and it bonds you, you know, and, and, and it's fun to sit there and do the work and the research and, like I said, it's, it's a real non-threatening way that it can open the lines of communication and get you both on the same page about what you'd like to explore sexually. And it brings up, you know, a lot of desires that usually the part, the other partner really just didn't know that the other partner had. Then it gives that other partner the chance to validate it and go, oh my God, yes. You know, like, I would love to see you like that. That would be so hot. And, and it just really, really, I think can bond people. And, you know, if you have, if you already have that special person, absolutely. Yeah. It's a great thing to do. I agree with you. And I think that can be very powerful for the relationship. I shared this with our listeners before that uh, for, I just turned 40 and for my 40th birthday, we summited Mount Kilimanjaro, my husband and I, and I wasn't prepared as much. And I was like, Oh, you know, I thought like, okay, it's like, I I do physical activity. It's going to be okay. 
Yeah. And then on the last, and we did the shortest route because I, I just didn't want to be staying on the tents a lot of nights. So it was yeah. like the elevation was going up super quickly. Right. Last day, I was like, I couldn't breathe. My oxygen level dropped to 62. It was like really, really tough. Yes. And uh, my husband, who's a physician, he miscalculated the oxygen tank. So I was on the t- a top without oxygen. It was a disaster. And I yeah. started hallucinating when we were going down. I was like, oh, honey, this is amazing. So he thought, okay, this is this is disaster. Yeah. So anyhow, long story short, I was like, I had this near-death experience. And I was talking to my husband at the end of the day. Okay, so like if I was dying, <laughs> if I was a dead, what kind of things, honey, you would think about us? And we're yeah. talking about top three and two of them were things that we did from the bucket list. So that was just such a... Uh, most important example. we've been together for a long time and we have so many huh. memories but that can be such as you said bonding and special experience yes. and that's why I invite people to be curious about this because it can enrich your relationship I think sexual health is so important I feel I'm in a soapbox <laughs> oh I know I, I'm on that soapbox with you I'm always <laughs> I'm shouting it you know like this needs to be talked about you need to prioritize this it really it matters. And I, I, I'm with you on that. It breaks my heart a little bit that, you know, it's so overlooked, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, the goal of my podcast is just really to talk about it bring awareness and, you know, the best I can, I, you know, I I'm, don't have a clinical background like yourself, but you know, I'm, I'm out there putting myself out there and then just sharing, you know, what I've gone through and realized and all that stuff. And, uh, you know, I hope it's beneficial because I really feel like it's, it's such an important component of who we are as human beings. And it just doesn't get, it doesn't get its due. It doesn't get its justice. So I'm here to hopefully change that. I love that. And people say, you know, sex is only sex. And, you know, it's good if you have a good sex and relationship, but they don't think it's as important. But I think it can add a lot to the overall value and kind of experience that you're having with your partner. So I, I invite people and the bucket list it depends on your level of how adventurous you are. It could be even as small as like trying and again, I'm not the one to say it in a demeaning way, but in different version of the position you're already having yeah. sex on. So it's a different way of kind of exploring different parts of yourself and perhaps your partner. But yeah. tell us like some of the things that you did, the idea was hot, Leila, but when you tried it, it wasn't, it wasn't as great. Yeah. So I went, I really wanted to, when I first started, I thought, oh, sex parties, that just sounds, you know, I'm thinking eyes wide shut, you know, <laughs> like I had, you know, I have a lot of this stuff again is, you know, I had my own misconceptions, you know, as I, as I was just referencing porn, you know, like, Hey people, that's not realistic. Well, I didn't, I didn't know it wasn't realistic until I, until somebody told me it wasn't realistic. I mean, you I kind of figured that, but, but same thing with, you know, I had these preconceived ideas about some of the bucket list items and what, what, what was making this hot and sexy to me was, a, was an illusion, you know, it was a performance. And so when I had these ideas, you know, and I'd go, it was, it was good because it got me there. And because I was there, other things could happen that really were tangible and that were sexy and hot. But I went to a sex party and my first one, and I was with this great guy and we got, you know, it was like masquerades. So like I said, I'm thinking eyes wide shut. And I'm thinking, and, I, and I'm thinking we're going to, we're going to be going to this beautiful mansion and everybody's going to be beautiful and gorgeous. It's going to be like the movies and, you know, movie stars and beautiful people everywhere. 
we roll up to it, the place that, that we're at. And I'm like, where are we? We're in the suburbs. <laughs> we're in the suburbs. And this, this couple has like used their house as a, as a, like a total takeover and they have plastic on every bed, their children's bunk beds. And like, I mean, the whole house is one big sex party and, and there's all these, you know, and then there's the neighbors with all their minivans, you know, and I'm like, this just feels wrong. Something just doesn't feel right about this. You know, there was a potluck, there was chili bubbling, there was, you know, and I'm like, oh my God, who would eat this food and then have sex? Like, this is crazy. And so, you know, and everybody was, every, it was a free for all. Everyone was just doing what they wanted. And, and then, but it was, it wasn't, you know, like everybody's in perfect shape. And it was real life. And that was a really good lesson to me because not everybody, you know, we all know that, you know, just that that's unrealistic. And so finally, you know, it took me a little bit, but I was with a great person. And so I lightened up, you know, and then we started, once we started cruising around, you know, the first thing I was a little disappointed because I'm like, I just don't think there's anybody here I'd want to be physical with. But once we started cruising around and what I realized is that the watching all of this and the freedom and the sexual energy that was being exuded was hot. That was really turning me on. So we ended up in this one room with wherever, where there's just a lot of people. It wasn't the orgy room. It was just where it wasn't an orgy room, but nobody was like touching each other. There was another room where people were just bodies entwined everywhere. And then we, you know, we sat there and I said, well, I don't want to do anything with anyone else, but let's, I'll do something with you. So, you know, I just, what I like to say, gave him the best blowjob of his life. But what I realized while that was going on is other people were watching me do this. And that really turned me on. So I went there for one thing and discovered something else completely different. I never thought in a million years that that would be exciting and thrilling to me. Like I always thought, oh no, do we want, you know, people would ask me, well, are you into voyeurism or do you want people to watch you? I'm like, no, watch me. Why? Ooh, you know, like <laughs> why would they want to watch me? And I just realized it was something I really enjoyed. And so that opened, you know, me, opened up more possibilities that I was able to explore with that guy. And, you know, we continued on with a lot of stuff, but yeah, that was, that was one example where I was like, Oh, this did not go. This was not what I originally thought I was here for. Well, I, I, what a cool experience. So like you stay with it and you felt that you found the aspect of it that was working for you. And I think most of the situation, at least I experimented with, I got some ideas that I could use for other contexts. I think one thing that's important is to kind of approach the list. At least that's what has been helpful for me with playfulness. I'm thinking about like, we're just going to see what's going to happen. Sometimes one person is super invested in something and that can put pressure on us. So if couples that are listening, they want to incorporate this. It's important to be kind of going in with this place of curiosity and have this really good communication. Sometimes this might not be a yes now, but then that can turn, become a yes in future. But the more pressure you are you're going to turn off your partner for experimentation in future right yeah never feel like you have to do anything you don't want to do like I said just sometimes just being there as an observer and and you know relaxing into it and just taking in the the atmosphere of it like that's kind of what I you know I did and then then I warmed up, you know, then I was like, okay, okay. You know, and, and I did, you know, I did exactly what I wanted to do. I had a great time and it just led to, you know, it opened the door for a lot of other things. 
And I tell couples that at least for like, if this is something that you haven't done, you're doing an activity that's outside your comfort zone. It's helpful if you go take it for a test run, like watching a fantasy or role playing in the bedroom, because I see the opposite of it. People become so enthusiastic about something without kind of thinking about boundaries and things of that nature. They jump into the experiment and that turns to a disaster as well. Yes. I mean, we, there was a lot of, uh, before I went, my partner and I, we had a lot of conversation about boundaries and, you know, what, what, what I'd be comfortable with any kind of hard limits. So, you know, you try to be as, as prepared as you can and inform the other person and, and also inform yourself because sometimes, you know, you don't really know what you don't know. So you have to kind of think about it like, well, would I be okay with this? Would I be okay with that? What if, what if a couple approaches us and we're interested? Are we willing to do something tonight with someone we don't know? Or would we rather just take it slow and, you know, maybe meet them another time, you know, when we can get to know them, you know, it's like, what is it that we're really hoping to accomplish? And, and definitely know like hard limits, what you are not okay with. And, and that's also realize that those things can change too. Like you said, over time, yeah, since I've been doing the podcast for six years, if, when you go back and listen to the year one, I have embarrassed myself with how many times I've said, no, I will never. And then poof, you know, three years later, I'm like, this is my favorite thing. It's so sexy, you know, like, and, but I, but the thing is, is that I love that. I actually love having that type of experience, because then I know I'm really in it. I'm really living and experiencing all this stuff because you will change your mind about some things. It's bound to happen. And the more open you are and the more you experience, you're just, you really realize that your sexuality is so deep, you know, and it just has so many layers. And for the longest time, I just really thought it was just kind of like a vanilla style that's what, you know, that was a vanilla, vanilla style kind of girl. And turns out I'm pretty kinky. <laughs> well, I think it's, it's amazing. The more you experiment with things, the, your tastes become more evolved. I remember in college and not, nothing is wrong with vanilla or nothing is yeah. wrong with no, right. uh, any kind of sexual experience, but it's my experience. Like when I started drinking, I loved all sorts of wine. <laughs> I was like, all of this sounds so great and tastes great. But now I am more, uh, my palate evolved. I think sex is around the same kind of thing, similar to the same thing. Well, since you experimented with partners, what tips and tricks do you have for negotiating our wants and desires with a partner? I mean, really, it's just about good communication. And I would say to sit down and really think about what, you know, what your boundaries are, number one, just so that you always feel, you know, safe. It's important, you know, to be that you don't feel like you ever get pressured into doing something that you don't want to do and you're not comfortable with. And I will also say that if, if, if somebody isn't, isn't, they're being persistent and they're consistently not, you know, I mean, it misreading you one time. Okay. Give everybody like one mistake, but if it's consistent, get rid of that person. That is not the right person if they're not going to respect your boundaries. And it's just so important. And so, you know, just again, really, you, it takes, it takes effort on the individual. This is really an individual thing. You've got to sit and be honest with yourself and think about it. And, and if your partner's more experienced and they're just, they should just be willing to listen or even they don't have the experience, but they're going to have boundaries too. you know, whether it's, I'm not comfortable with you 
touching another guy in front of me, or I don't want him touching you here, or this is our special thing or what, you know, what, there's so many different things between couples that, you know, can exist, but you know, you have to kind of sit and think, okay, you know, how are we going to tackle this? What are our boundaries? And also I like to have, you know, I always say, cause the st- kind of stuff, you know, I've gotten into like, have a safe word mm-hmm. and, and you don't even have to think of it as, you know, even if you're doing, you're not doing anything crazy, you should still have a word that signals to the other partner, you know, if you're uncomfortable and that just means it's an immediate stop or we're leaving, you know, that, that word means something so that, you know, that you always have a way to stay safe and comfortable. Great, great suggestions. Mm-hmm. And I, I definitely invite people to not negotiate people's boundaries. Like if that's something that they say, uh, no, like when you have the code word that we're leaving, like if you, if you're a wonderful person, you will respect your partner's boundary. That's what you agreed on. So, because I've seen people in the heat of moment, they want to negotiate it. And I think that's not a time to negotiate with your partner. Well, if they're not feeling, they're not feeling safe and they are kind of like feeling overwhelmed. That's, that definitely will lead to distrust. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely will lead to distrust, especially with women. Mm-hmm. You know? um, and I mean, men too. I don't want to, you know, you know, if you, if they've said, Hey, don't, you know, I won't be comfortable. It's going to really bother me if, you know, you do X, Y, and Z, and then someone's kind of pushing the boundaries on X, Y, and Z. You just don't, you know, it's not worth it because the more you build trust, the deeper into extremes or, you know, the more, the easier it is to get out there with your partner and just cover a lot of ground and do a lot of stuff because you always feel, you know, you, you, you trust them and it's, you always feel comfortable. And that's just really important. Well, tell us, it seems like you get a lot of questions from your listeners. So what are some of the uncommon things that you heard throughout the years that are on people's bucket list? Probably recently, like them, because there's so many kinks. There's so many kinks, more than I can reasonably keep up with. But somebody hit me with one the other day and I was just like, huh, okay. I, I, and I just had to say, I really am out of my scope here. Like, I just don't know how to even help you with this. They enjoy raspberries, giving each other and belly buttons. Like that's a big turn on for them. And I'm like, I mean, it's great and it's cute, you know, and I'm like, whatever turns you on, you know, again, what's whatever goes on between two consenting adults is a-okay with me, but I just, and this guy's been really persistent. He keeps emailing back and I'm like, sweetheart, I just don't know what to tell you. This is not in my wheelhouse. I would go, go to, you know, again, go to, go to one of these sites, you know, a fetish site and put it in. You can find groups. I have no doubt that you can find a group you know, that, that this is what they're into. And then you'll find some leaders among that group. So that's another thing is, you know, for whatever you're into, there's a, you know, there are groups out there that get together online or meet sometimes, you know, they have conferences. I mean, there's just so many ways to get connected with people that support your, you know, your real specific, and I'll, in this case, I'll say kink, you know, I mean, that, that was, that was a kink and, and there's nothing wrong with it, you know, and you should be, you know, supported by people that know all about that. Cause I just don't. <laughs> yeah. Our human kind of like human experience of sexual expression, sexuality is just so vast. So yes. and I, I think having like in this day and age, internet and all these specialty sites is an asset. 
because before we used to see more of people with kinky side in therapy because they didn't have communities. But now yeah. there are communities and they feel supported, which is a beautiful thing. So tell us what's on your bucket list this year. Yeah. So this year I am, this is embarrassing. I'm still trying to conquer the the, the dreaded threesome. <laughs> and I say dreaded only because I, it's evaded me. And I have done some crazy kinky stuff, like so much more than most people could even probably think about in a lifetime. And I've jam-packed it into this, these six years. But the one thing that keeps eluding me is a threesome of any kind of, uh, you know, a, a female, female, male or male, female, male. And I, I start to nitpick every time, like the opportunity comes up. I'm like, there's something not right with this person. And anyway, so, but I'm determined and I have some, I have a really, you know, I have some good partners that I think would be great. And I'd be comfortable with in that scenario. The other thing is I would really love to explore being in a thruple. I just think that something about that's very appealing to me. I've done different kinds of things where, you know, I've had friends of friends with benefits relationships and then, you know, very in love relationships and, but they've always been open and things like that. So I'm, I'm good with that kind of a dynamic having, you know, just, you can have a primary partner, but you know, you're it's, it's open. Yeah, I would love to this year uh, be in a thruple. And this year I'm committed to joining more groups. You know, we're talking about all the groups that are out there. I'm like, people are asking me, oh, do you ever go to this conference or do you go to that trade show or do you go to, I'm like, no, I haven't. Why haven't I? And I'm like, you know what? This year I'm going to be a joiner. Like, I'm really, I'm going to be like, you're going to see me all over. Yeah. Love that. If you ever find a good trade show in California, like I'll come with you. Let me know. <laughs> I also yeah. in a lookout for that. I go to kind of sex therapist convention. Those are really, really fun. But I'm kind of curious what's out there for trade shows. Yeah, I know. Are you in California? Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'm in Florida. I was in I California. <laughs> yeah. I moved I moved to uh Florida just this past summer. But I'm yeah, Cal pretty much California girl my whole life, other otherwise other than now. Yeah, I know. I'm looking for uh, those two. I some of my listeners will send stuff in, you know, and they'll say, oh, there's, there's one, this is a good one or that one. And then sometimes that some of the other guests I have on my show, you know, have good recommendations, but yeah, I really want to go. I want to just want to get, see what's out there, you know, just expand again. I'm curious, stay curious. That's why I'm the curious girl. You know, you gotta, you gotta keep that open mind and always want to be learning and finding new ways to spice things up. Love that. And the spirit of being transparent also, I'll share with you what's on my bucket list. Yeah. I don't think I can, how can I get there? One of the colleagues, which is a very well-known sex coach, she teaches touchless orgasm, reaching orgasm only through breathing. That sounds so appealing. And I talked to her, I was like, she was running groups on the clubhouse. I was part of those groups, but that's something I haven't experienced yet. So that's on my bucket list. I've had that happen to me. Ooh, do tell. But I I didn't know, I, I was with the, it was just with this one partner who I had a very deep connection with. And we had some, I had a lot of just first time, amazing, crazy experiences with him. And that happened. And I talked about it in a podcast. So I was like, you saw that you right? you saw what was happening, like my hope was happening in my body, because I was looking at him, like, I, I just didn't even know what was going on. You know, like, what is happening? Because he's not, you know, it was just basically, he was giving me this really, really long erotic massage, and was kind of going very close to my genitals, but not touching. And it was just this buildup. And I was 
I was, I was breathing. And then all of a sudden, like stuff started to happen. I literally, I didn't know if I was having a seizure. I mean, I wasn't convulsing, but I was like, what, what was that? You know, I kept asking, what was that? And I was having this really long orgasm. Great. So it see, was it's achievable. <laughs> I just wish I knew how I did it. I want to do it again. No, it was, it happened by accident. I, you know, I sort of stumbled on it. I mean, we were intentionally, you know, he was intentionally teasing me and teasing me and building me up and building me up. And building. Oh, it was, it was, and, and my, yeah, the breathing, it was really, the breathing was a key part of it. And I, I'd never, I'd never, I guess, breathed like that before, you know, when just, it was some other kind of breathing that I'd never really done. Not, I do a lot of yoga, so it wasn't, it wasn't like a pranayama type of breathing, mm. but it was just, it was something from like, right, kind of deep in your pelvis. I don't even know how to explain it. It was just strange. So, but I've seen that, I've seen it happen like on shows and I'm, I'm, I'm up for that too. I'm like, somebody help me hone this skill. <laughs> <laughs> I'll let you know, I'll, like if it works out, I'll, I'll share you, share the resource with you and all the details. Well, okay. I bet that now our listeners are intrigued. They want to know about your show, the, the services you have. I know that in your website, you have different, different services. So tell us where can people find you? Yes. Well, they can go to the, I keep it really simple because you know how all of our social media is like, they're not, they're not unified. It's like at underscore this and at blah, 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 underscore, you know, so I keep it really simple. Just go to my website, thecuriousgirldiaries.com. From there, you can find everything, all my resources. You can leave me a voicemail. I, I love to get voicemails from people. I respond to everybody personally. You just click on the pink tab on the right-hand side. You can leave me up to a five-minute message. I will get back to you. It's a great way that we can just get to know each other back and forth. And all the links to all my socials are there. So that's really, and then of course, all my podcasts, my podcast is the Curious Girl Diaries. And you can find that under any, any major syndicator of podcasts, just type in Curious Girl Diaries, it'll come right up. But uh, yeah, just go to the website because it's all right there. Beautiful. The link will be in the show notes. Thank you so much, Leila, for coming on the show. I started listening to your podcast and it's full of great, interesting content. So <laughs> very I colorful. I'm very colorful. <laughs> <laughs> well, I thought it was wonderful. So you have a great content and I invite my listeners to check it out. And thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you guys found our conversation useful and meaningful, and I would love to hear what's on your sexual bucket list. If you're in social media, please write us, let us know. My handle is at Sexology Podcast. I also curated this list of more than 100 ways that you can spice up your relationship tonight. These are the items that throughout the years I wrote down based on the experiences, my personal experiences, and also my clients' experiences. So you, it has, it's like a menu that has mild, medium, and hot. So depending on how much adventure you want, you can get ideas from this list. Feel free to download the checklist. Feel free to let us know how is your sexual bucket list coming along. I cannot wait to talk to you soon. Next week, same time, same place. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Sexology Podcast. For more great content, visit www.sexologypodcast.com. Please be advised that information presented on this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health provider.